Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Philly is a tough city. Uh, you know, they're going to tell you why it is and you know, I love it. I Philadelphia because they care. Hello and welcome to the local angle. It's the Ringers Philly special. I'm Chris Ryan, joined as always by Raheem Palmer. Our producer Cliff Augustine might jump in. Raheem, what's going on, man? Life is good for me. I can't speak on the Philadelphia 76ers, but I'm just trying to enjoy the summer before we get to NFL season. So I can't complain. I'd like to enjoy the summer too. That's that's a good that's a good way of looking at it. I would love to, but we are in a situation with the Sixers where there's never a dull moment. There's actually, despite it being the dog days, despite it being almost August, free agency is a thing in our rearview mirror. Summer league is wrapping up. Everybody is going away. We should be done with all of this. But the Sixers are making headlines this re- this week for really all the wrong reasons. Uh, we're going to run through a pretty busy week of Sixers news. Uh, here on the local angle on the Ringers Philly special. So let's just start at the top, which is from Tuesday, Raheem. Uh, Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP, the Sixers franchise player. He appeared at a uh, something called the Uninterrupted Film Festival with uh, LeBron's longtime uh, business partner and friend, Maverick Carter. They were on stage doing some kind of talk. I have no idea. And this is the quote that everybody has been batting around all week. It's Joel Embiid on stage, and he says, I just want to win a championship, whatever it takes. 
I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's in Philly or anywhere else. I just want to have a chance to accomplish that. I want to see what it feels like to win that first one. And then you can think about the next one. It's not easy. It takes more than one, two, or three guys. Got to have good people around you. And myself, every single day, I work hard to be at that level so I can push us to make it happen. Uh, This was not received great, especially because it's such a quiet time. You know, it's like, other than the Phillies, there's really not a lot to talk about. The Eagles are just ramping up. And so this got a lot of attention. Joel Embiid uh, was experienced some pushback on these quotes online, and he tried to sort of play it off. He said, you forgot my middle name. His middle name is Troel or Troll Embiid on Twitter. Uh, So, you know, he tried to play it down a little bit, but most people read this as the opening volley of the beginning of the end of Joel Embiid in Philly, or at least him putting the Sixers on notice that he didn't want to go through more turmoil more second round exits. Raheem, what were your feelings, your thoughts when you first saw these comments? First things first, I told you guys all year that this was coming. I I told you this was coming. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I said this was coming if the Sixers lose to the Celtics. And I'm disappointed because to me, Joel Embiid, if you say that, you got to stand on it. Don't, don't, Don't say you were trolling. We know you weren't trolling. That's what you meant. But for this to come from you, first things first, Joel Embiid shot 43% in the postseason with 35 turnovers to 24 assists. In addition to scoring 15 points on 5 for 18 shooting and with 4 turnovers in Game 7. You aren't Damian Lillard. You aren't playing on your own. You can't say this after the performance you put up in the postseason. You will never win another MVP again until you prove it in the postseason. Right now, this ducks all accountability. I'm just absolutely disgusted because. It's one thing to complain about the turmoil and the lack of consistency and the fact that you haven't really had a true running mate who wanted to stay with you. But you can't say this. Not after that performance. Yeah, I mean, he's also doing it at a very sensitive time for the Sixers where they're dealing with another dissatisfied star in James Harden who's opted into his contract, requested a trade, gone through this process of the summer where he he is, you know essentially put the Sixers in this position where they're going to get 50 cents on the dollar in a trade for James Harden. They're not going to get what they need back from him. He wants to go to the Clippers. We're going to get to the Harden part, but this is just bad timing by Joel. He could have just said, yeah, man, want to win a championship. Can't wait to start again next season. There's really no point in saying this unless you want to get the league talking about you again. And frankly, it almost feels like he's trying to distract people from the fact that like, Look, man, this team is the same team it was when Iguodala was on it. We're, we're, this, we're, the, we're in the same spot we were in 2012. And I remember that season, and I like, really loved that team, that, that 11-12 team that lost to the Celtics in seven in the second round, just like this Sixers team just did. But it came with a lot less drama, honestly. You know, and I think that for guys like you and me, Raheem, around the same age, who remember Barkley and grew up through Iverson... We're going to be Philly fans long after the time Joel Embiid is gone. Whether he retires as a Sixer or he demands a trade out or we trade him or whatever happens. And I think that I speak for a lot of people. I usually don't do this, but I think I speak for a lot of people where I'm just like, I'm straight up tired of this, both as a Sixers fan and as an NBA fan. I don't think it's good for the long-term health of the league. It has nothing to do with player empowerment or anything like that, but this is not really basketball. This is just gossip. 
this is just like us aggregating stuff and looking at Instagram and looking at Twitter. And it just sort of starts to get like kind of depressing. And it was really fun when Twitter first started, like NBA Twitter really started popping off like around like 2012. And it was like, this is this new way to watch the game and you can read into people and gossip about it, talk trash and and celebrate teams and celebrate players. And, and now it just feels like it's kind of subsumed the entire thing. And this is what basketball is now is like waiting for Lillard to get traded and waiting for Harden to get traded, waiting for somebody to demand out. And I just think it kind of is a bummer and it, it's going to lead to a product where there's like five teams and everybody else is just waiting to get raided by those five teams in one way or another. Cliff, I don't know, like, how are you feeling about it? I'm tired of this. Like, uh, this is completely unprofessional behavior. And Chris, like you said, like, this is just so dramatic. But I think in a weird way, the NBA does like the drama because it does build it up storylines going into mm-hmm. the season. Like, I'm sure you guys have seen the accusations on Woj this week, and we're not going to get into that. But I'm sure you guys have seen, like, the banter and Woj and Damian Lillard situation. But the whole Embiid thing to me is like, listen, we know he loves Philly. We know he loves being in Philly. He's basically grew up here once he uh, left, you know, Cameroon, spent his little time in Florida, went to Kansas for a little bit, and then came to Philly. But now it's just like you putting pressure on the organization, but what are you doing to, to fulfill your obligation as a star player in the playoffs when it means the most? Like you win your MVP, cool. But then the playoffs come, Raheem just – Right, you literally just put some of the worst stats I've ever heard in my life for an MVP. <laughs> seriously, for an MVP player. So it's like, when are you going to act on it instead of crying, instead of getting on the organization about, hey, we need player X and player Y and player Z? Like, when are you going to tailor your game to being a championship player like Nikola Jokic did? You know, we never have ended a postseason with the Sixers in the Joel Embiid era where we were like, man, Embiid left it all out on the floor and we just didn't have the, yeah. the horses to help him. Like Embiid, Embiid gave it all. Like Embiid was the best player on the court, and we just had a bunch of bums around him. That's never happened. Yeah. It's never, and you know, like I've been giving James Harden a little bit of a pass because at least he showed up for two games. He hit a game winner. In, no, this is also the James Harden recipe. We knew this was going to happen. Did anybody think James Harden was going to be a happy camper? Nobody, nobody expected that. Yeah, at least James Harden won us two games single handedly. Joel Embiid was the MVP and couldn't do that. So for him to come out and say this, I'm I'm just absolutely disgusted. Yeah, I don't know where it goes from here. I mean, I think obviously he's done some work to like kind of temper, like bring bring the temperature down a little bit. There's other Sixers headlines from this week that we can get into. I think that Joel Embiid is going to be on this team next season. I think Joel Embiid will probably be on the team the following season. But can I really ask you a question though? Yeah. I- what is Joel Embiid's trade value? Because I think that's something worth discussing. Well, I'll tell you this. I think it's at its peak right now. I think Joel Embiid, under a little bit of contractual control, coming off of an MVP season, he's 30. So this is like you're in, you got him in his prime. I think that if there was a little bit less of a relationship between the city and the fan base and the player, you would see the trade talk would be a little bit more heavy. Would you be more invested in the player in return or picks in return? Because For like, me? If it, yeah, picks, it would feel picks. like it would strictly picks. be picks first rounders. Not like, no or, or like some sort of thunder thing where the thunder have to give us like everybody, everything and, yeah. and a bunch of picks or something, you know? Right. Like, like I would be satisfied with that at this point, if this is how this guy is speaking, but again, 
the Sixers don't stand a chance to win a championship without him, which we all get. We all understand that's okay and that's fine. But then it's like, are you ready for another like rebuild again, or do we care because we've only we haven't gotten out the second round? Like, what what mentally where are we at? Because it's frustrating to me. Like I'm at like a roadblock right now. I'm not ready for a rebuild. I think when you have a talent the caliber of Joel Embiid, you have to try to maximize that, and you have to do all that you can to make sure that you you put the best team around them. But we know that this is around the corner. And it got me thinking that, you know, when you look at some of these star player trades in recent history, Gobert got three first round picks. And you look at some of these teams and how they've reset. You look at the Brooklyn Nets, trading Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and, and getting back Miles Bridges. You look at, let's just say, the, the Clippers and Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder got a, a bona fide star in Shaq Gilders Alexander. So you look at like some of these star player trades. I think if push comes to shove and we have to trade Joel Embiid, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because you look at the star player trades, SGA, Miles Bridges, well, not Miles Bridges, Macau Bridges, Brandon Ingram, Tyrese Halliburton, or you look at the Donovan Mitchell trade where Utah got picks and it got Lori marketing. This could be like the new market inefficiency when you trade a star and you get all value. of the young... Yeah, you trade a star at his peak value and get all of the young, like their young players, and one might emerge and be a star. And but there's only so many teams that have a great collection of young players because the league is kind of stratified where you've got some teams that are going all in, like the Suns and the Clippers and whoever else. And then you've got these other teams that are essentially hoarding young talent in terms of like San Antonio's or Utah's or Oklahoma City's. And those are going to be difficult trades to pull off where you're going to be like, I'm Joel Embiid getting traded to Utah would be like, we would be talking about that for like months on end about the ramifications of that, because I don't think Joel Embiid wants to live in Utah. You know, I don't yeah. think Joel Embiid wants to play there and you still have to do some star servicing. It's interesting too. And you know, you're talking about recent history, Raheem, like I think that there's also like an interesting Philadelphia conversation to have here where it's like that Barkley trade took a long time to get over. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Iverson was a little bit more, I think a di- that was a different situation for a variety of reasons. When Iverson I had friends, not to cut you off, I had friends who protested the Allen Iverson trade. Yeah. Like I'm they were sh- up and yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> but Barkley is an example of trading a guy who still had a ton left in the tank, who obviously wanted out of Philly, but getting back Jeff Hornacek. And it felt like, it felt like the Sixers got put in a closet for a while until until Iverson, honestly. Yeah. Well, we can wrap up the local angle there and we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on with the Sixers. Thanks for watching the local angle and you can listen to the Ringers Philly special on the Ringers Philly special podcast feed on Spotify. Thanks to FanDuel for having us. The U.S. women's soccer team is taking on the world and you could take home bonus bets every time they win with FanDuel Sportsbook because right now, new customers get $100 in bonus bets guaranteed plus another $10 in bonus bets for every Team USA win. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app and sign up between now and August the 3rd. Then place your first $5 bet to unlock your bonus bets. That way, you'll be all set to bet on everything from total goals to player props all tournament long. However you want to play, don't miss your chance to get $10 in bonus bets for every Team USA win, plus $100 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 100 gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG.
First online road money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, Raheem, so we have other stuff to get to, which is mostly in the Daryl Morey, James Harden zone. So this has been a busy week for the two of them because there has been a lot of additional reporting on the state of the Harden trade request. And also, Daryl made some of his first public comments uh, about the whole situation. He went on 97.5 to talk to Anthony Gargano about, um, about, about what his relationship with James and what James wants. So I'll just read the, the relevant quote from his... His radio appearance, he said, I do have a long relationship with him referring to Harden, and I am attempting to honor that. But the reality is, if we do look at a trade, it will be for one of two things. It's either going to be for a player who helps us be right there like we were last year, up 3-2 on one of the best teams in the East, the Celtics. Obviously, we didn't get it done, but James is a big part of why we got it to 3-2. Or we are going to do something where we can get enough draft picks or things like that in the deal such that we can turn those into a player who can be a running mate with Joel. So there's a little, you can read that a couple different ways. Obviously, Daryl's like, it's star for star. If, J- if Harden gets traded, I want Paul George. I want whoever you want to put in there for that. What he's saying otherwise is, I want high-end picks. And I think knowing Daryl and knowing the state of the Sixers, that can then be flipped, right? That can be flipped to another team for the star that I want. Um, it does not seem likely that Daryl Morey would trade James Harden for a prospective top five pick or a top five pick right now or Jalen Green or whatever you want to say and then be like, we're going to wait a couple of years for this person to mature so that they're in line with Embiid. Like, it seems like he wants to get Embiid someone to run with right now and he wants a star. Uh, I thought it was interesting to see Daryl, you know, admit to the state of the relationship. He's trying to honor his friendship with James, but... Reem, what did you think of Daryl Morey's comments? I mean, I think he didn't say anything that we didn't already know. And I think it's pretty clear that he's willing to wait this out as long as possible. We saw it with Ben Simmons. He was willing to wait it out and he got his guy. So I think with the new CBA, we're going to see a lot more player movement. There's going to be another disgruntled star. star. It's just That's just the bottom line. So I think I have faith in, in Daryl Morey to be able to get some pieces back around Joel Embiid that can help us be a contender. I just don't know who it is. And at this point, you have to worry about James Harden coming in and sabotaging the season to start the year. So, Yeah, Harden, just as we were starting to record, put up a, an Instagram that a lot of people are interpreting as a cryptic kind of message about, about his, his relationship to the Sixers. Uh, I believe he said... Let me pull that up. It was basically like, it's time to get uncomfortable, right? Like, it's like when, you, when you're when you too used to being comfortable, it's time to get uncomfortable. I don't know what that's referring to or whether that means he's going to hold out or whether that means that there are other ways that he feels like he can force a trade. There's been additional reporting. Jake Fisher over at Yahoo uh, talked a lot about Harden, wrote a piece where he talked about Harden's 
steadfast uh, desire to be a Los Angeles Clipper. Um, that he wants, that's where he wants to go. Uh, that that is the destination. He's made it clear. There's been some suggestion that the Clippers have been in conversation with the Sixers to get Harden since even before the trade demand became public. Um, I wish him all the best. Like I, I, I've kind of stated I'm, I'm unlike Maury fine with, uh, Terrence Mann, Norm Powell and whatever other filler, Robert Covington. Like I kind of just want this chapter of the Sixers to be over with, but it's also like that if that trade goes wrong, that's probably Daryl Moore's job. You know, like, like if, if, if we wind up being like a four seed and losing in the second round, I think that might be the end of the Daryl Morey administration, just because the entire thing was predicated on James Harden. The entire thing was predicated on, okay, Ben Simmons wants out. We've got a chance to get this guy. I have this pre-existing relationship with him. He's going to take a pay cut the following year so that we can bring in other pieces. And now we find ourselves here. Um, I do feel like Daryl did say very much so that he is willing to wait it out. He is willing to be patient. So more likely than not, this is going to be an uncomfortable opening part of the season for the Sixers and an uncomfortable beginning of the Nick Nurse era. I thought I would just mention, because you know we're just talking about this stuff, I did see on FanDuel that Nick Nurse is kind of middle of the pack plus 1,600 for Coach of the Year on FanDuel. And I thought that was interesting just because it kind of speaks to the unknowns around the Sixers. Like, cause Nick nurse has like, if Nick nurse gets his team to the conference final. He's coach of the year, right? Cause he's done something. No one's been able to do in however long, more than a decade now of getting the Sixers to this, to this uh, territory. Raheem, what do you think of, of the state of Harden with the Sixers right now? Did Daryl's comments change any of your feelings about the situation? No, it didn't. I, I think it's pretty clear that Harden doesn't want to, play here and when he doesn't want to play somewhere he's willing to pout and do whatever he can to get his way out of it that's what we've seen we saw it in houston we saw it in brooklyn if he doesn't want to be somewhere he's not going to operate on a level of professionalism that you would expect from a professional athlete who's being paid millions of dollars that's just not what's going to happen so and the tweet that he put up well rather the instagram story post that he put up it reaffirmed that He's going to do whatever he has to do to get to the Clippers. Now, I don't know if the Sixers are necessarily going to trade him to the Clippers, but we know that he's not going to be a Sixer long term. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious. And Cliff, I want to get your thoughts on this, too. But on a league wide mm-hmm. level, if Damian Lillard gets traded to Miami and James Harden gets traded to Los Angeles, I think it's going to it's going to mark a pretty significant shift in the way that the NBA works, because then you don't really have it doesn't really matter if there's free agency. Because guys can just say, like, this is the destination. Let's make it work. And if both these guys get their preferred trade ending here, like the, the, their arrival spot, man, that's going to be a really profound difference in the way like it used to go. And it's also going to mean that a lot of teams that probably could only really get better through trades or draft because they're not free agency destinations are going to probably be pretty shut out on the market. Because like, for instance, right? Like, let's say Zion is like, I don't want to be in New Orleans anymore. This isn't going well. Well, okay. Like, immediately, like Oklahoma City, Charlotte, uh, San Antonio, maybe like Houston, whoever it is, like, but let's say like, you know, Indiana, all these teams that are kind of like, look, we don't get looks in on the free agency market this way. We have to like spend our money on the Bruce Browns of the world. 
But like if, if players are like, I'm only going to be happy in this place, it really is going to kind of like force a lot of difficult conversations in the league about how transactions work. Cliff, where's your head at with this stuff? Like my head specifically with Harden is that I think we're about to enter a Ben Simmons 2.0 situation, except Harden's going to actually be there, show up, not get fined. But then he, you know, he going to slog it out. We saw what he did in Houston, right? We saw what he did at the very They'll just beginning. send him home. They're not going to go through this <laughs> stuff. You saw what he did. Yeah, he was kicking gonna, it. Daryl's just going to send him home. He was kicking it with a little baby and all of them and gave him 100K or 200K, whatever it was <laughs> for his birthday. And then I was literally at one of his final games um, when he played on the Nets. Man was on the sideline. This is the very beginning of the baggy jeans era. So he had the triple XL jeans on with the hoodie on, do-rag, just not caring. You know, uh, Cam, Cam, what's my, what's my man name? Cam Johnson or whatever was walking over yeah. to the bench trying to dap him up. <laughs> He giving them the half-ass high five and, and Nick Claxton, another young guy, giving them the half-ass high five, like just not hustling on plays, his hamstring hurt, just all the excuses in the world. And I feel like we're going to see that, especially with that cryptic-ass Instagram story. But your thing about the players um, trying to get themselves to different markets, right? Like there is a, a situation where Donovan Mitchell did go from Utah to Cleveland. Like that's not – like exactly a destination. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it does depend on who has what assets like Dame going from Portland to Miami. I don't think it's necessarily because Miami's like such a great city. I think it's just because Miami has Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and they have the culture and Dame hasn't really been around that in Portland. You know what I mean? Like the Clippers thing, they have Kawhi Leonard. Like I don't think James will be clamoring to go to, to the Clippers if they don't have Kawhi or they don't have Paul George. I'm not sure if the, if it's necessarily like the market thing, because like how many dudes have forced their way to the Knicks? Like Mello, like is the last guy I really remember. Yeah, but they know that the Knicks are a dysfunctional organization, right? Part of it is this is really problematic for the league because if you're saying, hey, look, I only want to go to this location and I want to play, like look at Dame. He only wants to go to Miami, Miami and he wants right. to play with Bam Adebayo and he wants to play with Jimmy Butler. Right. That basically means, look, we can't get one of your best two players and we have to accept a, a piss-poor trade package, and we have to send you to wherever you want to go, and that limits where we can what we can get back. So that breaks the league. Like, fundamentally, there's I, something wrong with the I, league I, if I, this I, is going to continue to happen. Honestly, not necessarily. Does Portland have to trade Dame to, to Miami? No, but then they're going to have essentially a, like, wildly expensive, non-playing or sulking point guard while they're trying to bet in Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and all these dudes and be like, you're the next generation of Portland Trailblazers. But the first two seasons of the first season that you're here, you're going to have to live through this drama where every single night guys are going to have microphones in your face being like, what do you think of what Dame's doing? Why do you think Dame was here or not here or whatever? It's like, mm. it's a, it's, it's, it's starting to drama. get bad. And Dame's it, it, agent we, who we is saw doing his job telling yeah. We yeah. saw it firsthand. And like, Dame's agent who is doing his job going around telling teams like, do not trade for Dame. He is not going to be happy anywhere but Miami. That's his agent's job. But I do not know how you get around this if this is what teams are going to be facing now. Also, I don't think like stars definitely market chase. But like, let's say, for instance, we get the we get a situation where Jalen Brown's like, all right, look, I'm I'm trying to be out. Let me go back to the crib in Atlanta. Like, how many people have you heard? Like, hey, I really want to get to the Hawks and play with, you know, Trey Young and John. Like. I feel like it's not really like a market chase. You know what I'm saying? Like it could just be, all right, I'm targeting my destination. I want to go there. I want to do this. But the the Celtics aren't required to send him to Atlanta. They could send his ass to Charlotte and say, I want Brandon Miller back. 
and a bunch of whatever. I mean, they're not required it, but they're not required. But at this point, the superstars are making it so difficult to send them to the best location to get the best package back. And I think we've reached a point now to where it's, it's not necessarily market chasing, but it is market chasing because everybody wants to play in L.A. You got to remember, James Harden is from L.A. Right. Um, Paul George was from LA. LA. Kawhi Leonard is from, from LA. LA. Yeah. All these people wanted to play in LA, and every star wants to play in LA. So you market chasing, you're putting yourself in the best position to win while also getting the things that you benefit from the market. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think it's kind of interesting because some have kind of speculated that, you know, let's just say Harden plays out this last season. I don't think that Harden is going to go honest. Like, he does not strike me as the like, I have a contracted one year here. I'm in a contract year. I'm going to show the league that I'm still a super max player. Like here I go. I'm going to put up 28 a night. Like that doesn't strike me as his, is his vibe, but maybe I'll be wrong. Mm. But, but some have speculated like Harden comes off the books. Tobias comes off the books. Like we'll be a free agent player in, in a, in a season from now. But like, I don't, you, there's lots of teams out there with cap space. They're not in the market for the Bradley Beals or the Kevin Durant's or the, or the James Hardens or the Damian Lillards, because those guys are organizing where they want to go through trades. And to your point earlier, those trades are not bringing back, with the exception of the Mikhail Bridges trade, which almost seems, I would not go as far to say, say, say like it was an even trade, but I think it was a very equitable trade. For the most part, like this is a case study in, you want James Harden, trade us Paul George. Mm. That, is the, that is the price. It is not Terrence Mann in pieces, but I'm just being realistic. The Clippers have a guy going essentially public through the press to be like, this is the destination. Do not trade me to Indiana. Do not trade me to Oklahoma. Do not trade me to Atlanta. Do not trade me to Orlando. I want to go to the Clippers. So what are the Clippers going to do? They're going to turn around and be like, we have the leverage. He wants to come here. We're not trading you, Paul George. You know we want to put Harden you know in this the building. Do? The Sixers do what the Pacers did. They send Paul George's ass to Oklahoma City and get what they want in return. And then Paul George suffers for... You know, he plays, well, doesn't even suffer, plays his, honestly, he might have been his best season in Oklahoma City. Plays so this, there. But this, Raheem, this ties the entire pod together because if that happens and we get into like a huge staring contest and and beef with Harden and where we're going to trade him and it bleeds into next season and B leaves. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Because this is and- a circus if that happens. <laughs> that's two major stars that have just like completely torpedoed seasons, basically. In the last three years, because like they didn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. Why? Honestly, that, I just think way? that's crazy. Like, why? Like, what is what? What's the infrastructure there? If that what was is going? Be, why? Like, how did we get two? Yeah, two number one picks who can't shoot guards. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did both of those dudes just decide? I don't want to shoot when they got to Philly. Like that's that's crazy to me when you actually think about that. Like you have two number one picks, you traded them both away. And then you you trade the number one pick for a guy who's, you know, a, a star in this league, former MVP. And then he wants out, you know, a year and a half later after taking a pick. Like, that is crazy to me when you actually think about it. It's like, why? how does this happen just in Philly? Like, what is – are people, like, upset of being a, amongst the, the fan? Like, I don't want to blame the fans, but, like, I don't know what it is. Like, is it the I mean, organizational that's structure? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson certainly blames the fans. like is it the organizational structure like is there something missing in the Sixers front off like I I don't get it like how how does that always happen Doc Rivers spoke about 
the process and what it did to this organization and the acceptance of losing and how that impacts things. And I think when you start, like my family is always teaching me about certain things, about how you start things is how you finish. And, you know, that's a big part of what's going on. Like you allowed a culture of losing into this organization and it permeated throughout this whole era and what we see now. That's pretty much like all I got for us guys. I mean, like we're, we're, we're in this very strange situation where I would like to be hype about Tyrese Maxey as a most improved player candidate. He's got really good odds on FanDuel. I'd love to be excited about the Nick Nurse era, which Daryl Morey did his best to try and fire people up about uh, in his comments, 97.5. And I would like to be thinking about how Daryl's going to change our offense and use him be differently and what kind of fourth quarter coach he's going to be in the playoffs and matchups and yeah, all that. But like, we have just way too many question marks hanging over this team right now. To tie it all up, how long does it take for Harden to get traded? I think it goes into the training camps for sure. Uh, okay. I think it goes I, into, well into the season, actually. I think the first banana has to fall with Dane. I think once that falls, then we'll see some movement on James Harden, but I think it's going to go into the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know, Raheem, because like, it's like you said, some guys get traded for, I mean, Gobert is, is by the trade value of what they got back for Gobert. Gobert is one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then... I, I did there the, like you see Miami reports where it's like it's hero and maybe a, and a pick, you know, and you see Clippers reports where it's like we're keeping Terrence Mann. So I don't really I don't know what the market is. I think that's another consequence of like if you're going to do this kind of like I want to be traded only to this team and I don't want to get there and find out all the best players have been traded. We're really like in, in a weird zone right now where I don't really know. It's funny. It's like so much of what we do with the ringer is like fake trades and like here, like, it's like, like let's see if it, does this trade work out, but we're about to break the trade machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I guess you're saying Nicholas Batum and Norm Powell comes back to, <laughs> comes back to the Sixers in exchange for James Harden. Yo, man, <laughs> I, I'm, I really may have to pick, like cheer for the thunder this year. If that happens, no, <laughs> Maybe Brandon I, you, know, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe All right, well, Raheem, thank you so much for joining me. Cliff, thanks so much for joining me. We're going to be back next week with some Shield and Ben. We got some yeah, Eagles Monday. talk, so a little bit more of a, of a positive mm-hmm. note. Training camp is back. Raheem, cover your ears. The Eagles are back. <laughs> uh, Raheem, thank you so much for joining me, man. Cliff, thanks so much for producing and hopping in. Uh, we'll be back if Harden gets traded. We'll be back if there's some Sixers news. Talk to you guys soon. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona. If you're in Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Kansas, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 
Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or if you're in New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK.